Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Who's got a thank you on your lips? Who's got a thank you in your hands? How many's got a thank you in your feet? How many's got a thank you in your spirit? How many just wants to stand up and thank the Lord for all He has done for you? steadfast and continually blessing your life. How many has a thank you in the house? Hallelujah! How many's got a thank you in this house? Hallelujah! Let's elevate our thank you right now, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. There is none like you, God. There is none like you on this earth, God. We praise you, God, for what we feel in this house, God. We believe, God, that you are going to move in a great way, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship your name, Jesus. We worship your name. Some people can contain that. Thank you a lot better than I can. I feel like the Lord has given me a tongue to worship. I ought to worship him. If I can't move my feet, I ought to be able to open my mouth and clap my hands and lift my voice because he has been good to me. And I thank him for it. I thank him for it. I thank him for it. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. One thing I am thankful for is my dad being up here on the platform with me tonight, today. Hallelujah. Thankful for the presence of the Lord that we feel in this place. I will not be very long at all, but I do got something I'd like to share with you. In Genesis 8, in the 20th verse... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I'm done reading up to 22, I'd like to go to verse 9 and also read verse 1 to uh, chapter 9 and verse 1. Everybody there? Thank the Lord. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. The Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse this ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. Oh, the love of God. While the earth remain, remaineth seed time and harvest, and cold and heat and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. 
chapter 9, verse 1 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Replenish the earth. I wonder if you could lay your Bibles down and just put your hand on your neighbor if it's appropriate and begin to pray for them. I'd like to preach to you about a place of no altars. Lift your voice to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, God. We're believing, God, in power in this place at this time, God. Believing, God, that your anointing is in this house, God. Believing, God. God, that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to take place. God, we believe, God, in the authority and the power, God, of the Holy Ghost, Lord, God, that we're going to believe, God, that lives are going to be touched, God. God, lives are going to be anointed by you, God, that change is going to happen, Lord. God, that we're not going to leave here, God, like we came, Lord, God. God, whether it be in health, God, whether it be in spirit, God, that we're going to leave. God, that we're going to leave here strengthened, God, by your word today, God. And believing, God, that the power and the Holy Ghost, God, is going to move in this house, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let's give a hand clap of praise unto the Lord. Lord, we love you, 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 God, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You can be seated. (coughs) The establishment and construction and ownership of an altar is mentioned 378 times in the Word of God. God has placed a great emphasis on altars. The altar is a meeting place for God and humanity. It's the place where God accepts the sacrifice and in turn blesses the individual who gave the sacrifice. An altar is a place for God's mercy to come down. It is the place of communication and direction from God. It is a place of submission for humanity. An altar was so important to God that he required it in the tabernacle of the wilderness. The brazen altar was put directly in front of the entrance into the tabernacle. The first order of business conducted was at that brazen altar. Failure to do so resulted into death. Before the laver, before the holy place, before the incense, before the holy of holies, you must first go to the altar. Hallelujah. An altar is so important to God that he put it. Put one in heaven. Revelations 8 3 says, And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense. And he said, Offer it up with prayer of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. I would submit to you today that an altar is a very important asset to the kingdom of God. Lives are changed at the altars of God. The carpeted area is more than that part of the building. It is where God interacts with his people. It is the altar where God meets his people. There aren't enough pages in the book, time, in the day, or space 
and a hard drive to tell of all the wonderful things that have happened at this altar, at your halters at home. There's not enough time, not enough pages. Please don't misunderstand me. An altar is not so much about the place as it is about the purpose and the person. It's about the purpose and the person. The altar in this church could tell a story. Like I said, the altar isn't about that place. It's about a purpose. The purpose is a sacrifice in communication with God. An altar can be any place. Listen to me. It could be any place where you submit yourself to worship and give God your undivided attention. And when you have done that, God will move and do great things. As of about two months ago, I'd hired a new employee to direct our purchasing at our company. And the man was very, very, very Debbie Downer. I guess that would be the right word to say it. Um, he was very down about everything, about life, just politics, just about everything. And I, I, I refuse to be negative at work. I really, I, I want to be the most positive person I can in the, in the workplace. I, I, want, I want people to come with me with needs. I want them to come to me with needs. I want that. At, at, a, at a very young age, I didn't never ask God to bless me to be a minister. I asked God to bless me to work in the gifts of the Spirit. I did. I asked him that. And whether I ever preach behind a pulpit every service, I'm okay with that. I want to be an influence. I want to be an influence. I want to believe I want people to believe me that I have faith that anything is possible. I want to be able to speak in the lives where everything is down. But this man came to me. He says, Bobby, I said, he says, I really appreciate. This is not to pat me on the back. This is not about me at all. But I really appreciate how positive you are around here. And uh, I, we have four worldly worldly, worldly women in our office and they can get pretty much down at any point. And I have this poor man in there working with them. And uh, I asked, uh, he says, I just really appreciate every time you come in here. I just feel good. You know, you just, you just the vibes. And he says, uh, I, he said, Joel, which is my father, he says, Joel told me you're a preacher. I said, yeah, yeah, I am. He says, my wife has, uh, she's been diagnosed with cancer. She's got kidney cancer. And, uh, man, I just sure appreciate you praying for it, if you would. I said, absolutely. He says, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, we'll go home and we're going to just, I want to pray. He says, but I also need you to pray for me. He says, uh, just starting this new job and everything he says 
I got lost in time. He says, I forgot her appointment was today. And uh, I, I just need you to pray for me. I don't want her to be mad. I don't want her to be upset at me. And I said, it's today? He goes, yes, it's today. I said, man, let's go pray. And I walked outside the building and began to pray with him. And as his head just went down, he just teared. He says, God, if she even be mad at me, I just want you to heal her body. I prayed for her. Pray for God to touch her. Pray for God to heal her. I feel like any time somebody comes to you believing God can touch their body, you approach that prayer with a faith that God can touch that body. And I did. I, I called on the name of Jesus. I said, God, you touch her from the very top of her head to the very soles of her feet. Whatever be in her, God, I ask God that you would take away. About 2 o'clock that afternoon, he had called me. And he says, Bobby, he says, I, he says, I just... I just don't understand. He says, we just, my wife texts me. He says, the doctor says there's no cancer there. And he says, matter of fact, it's, it's just some minor cysts that she has in her kidneys. And God, and they're just going to give her some medication. And See, you must understand, you must make an altar wherever you're at. Wherever they need may be, you may have to make an altar in some very uncomfortable places. But will, God will honor the sacrifice that you put on that altar. He will move in that situation. You get bold, God will get bold. He will bless, he will move, he will move in your life. Did anybody come to touch him? Did anybody come to seek him? Did anybody come just to find God today? Did anybody come just to give God some praise? Did anybody come with a need or an answer? Did anybody come for direction? Did anybody come just to feel God? If you have come to feel God, you are in the right place because he is here. If you come to be healed, he is here. If you come with a need, he will fill your need because he is here. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, he is here, he is here. Hallelujah, he is here. I would submit to you that you can have all the above at the altar. <clears throat> but at the altar, you can also have a fresh start. The first recorded altar builder in the word of God was Noah. Nowhere in the Bible before the flood is there ever been mention of an altar. Cain and Abel offered sacrifice, but there was no altar there was no altar built. 
The first thing Noah did when he came out of the ark after the flood was built an altar. Noah was thankful that he had found grace in the eyes of the Lord and made a new beginning after the flood. He turned over a new leaf. Something happens whenever you come to the altar for a change. Sinners are transformed at God's altars. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is made a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Not are new. They become new. They become new. It is at an altar that a way out of no way can be provided. Genesis 22 and 9 says this, And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and abound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10 says this, And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lap, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of a son. If you come looking for an answer and are willing to sacrifice, if you come for an answer and you are willing to sacrifice, God has always provided. It's a quite humorous story almost that the boy just kind of was in the mix of everyday life. And his daddy says, hey, let's go up to that mountain. And as they got there, weird things started happening. Dad, you know, why aren't you putting anything on that? Whoa, 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 what's the rope for? Put it in your mind. Abraham was willing to give all he had. All he had. And we have an issue of, God, if you'll move on this situation, I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again just to take advantage of the grace of what God has given and not take advantage of what God could do in that sacrifice. It is at an altar that God can appear. Genesis 35 and 7 said, and he built there an altar. 
and called the place El Bethel because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. When God shows up, anything is possible. It is at the altar where God will fight your battles. Exodus 17 says, And Moses built an altar and called it the name of Jehovah Nisi. For he said, Because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Work on your sacrifices because the generation to follow is going to have to pay for what you don't do on the altar. What you don't do on that altar, they will pay for. And that generation after will pay for. My goal is to put everything I can. I want Zach to be a world changer. I want Riley to be a world changer. I want people to look at them and say, man, they turned their city upside down. I want Sadie to be able to speak faith into people, kids at school. I want Paisy to be able to quote this one God scripture and believe with authority that anything is possible. But I first have to lay things down. I first have to lay things on the altar so God can fulfill his promise from generation to generation. If you're in doubt with God today and you feel like he has let you down in some way, it is at the altar where you can find him again. Genesis 13 to 4 says, Unto this place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Micah 7 8 says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. I shall arise when I sit in darkness. The Lord shall be the light unto me. In those places, that seem impossible, not knowing where God is. It's just right up the road here in Jasper, Florida, where the hymn was wrote after a pastor was going through so much. I wish his name just left me just now. But he wrote the hymn because he had just felt like he strayed so far from God because of all the trials and things he was facing. He wrote this hymn, I Can't Even Walk without you holding my hand. Right here in Jasper. He's here today. He's here in this place today. Those that are indifferent with him, he is here. He is here to take your hand. He is here to walk where you ever need to be with him. Is that the altar that God can consume your sacrifice? 
and let his fire fall. What a great God, knowing that you could take thanks to him and they are burnt by him. 1 Kings 18 and 30 says, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And 18.38 says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the, and the wood and the stones and all the dust and licked up the water. That was in the trench. It is at the altar that you can find the experience with God. I wonder if we could have our musicians come. It is at an altar that you can find your experience with God. I know we all have our testimonies. But where and when, time, date, where we laid and first had our experience with God. I was a young teenager, oh, older teenager, I'm sorry, older teenager, 17. Really got caught up with a lot of the cares of the world, as many of us do. Oldest one, one out of the three that never did have any much to do with God and my plans. My brother got the Holy Ghost at a really young age. I didn't have that experience. My sister, same thing. When it all started, I didn't know what I was doing. Held back a lot of things. Pride. Pride. Lots of pride. I wanted God so bad in my life. I really did. But pride... I remember praying at the altars and it took me a long time to get the Holy Ghost. It was pride. Definitely pride. People would just come around me and I didn't like that. I didn't like crying, believe it or not. Wasn't very emotional, but I wanted God. I wanted, I did, I wanted God. I wanted Him. And I remember an old elder, old Kenneth Allen, was preaching revival for my dad up in the Funak, and I'd been seeking forever. And I remember old Welter telling me, You know what your problem is? Pride. Yeah. yeah, it is. You see, when I received the Holy Ghost, I didn't have many touching me or nothing. The Holy Ghost came upon me at the altar, though. I just went up and lifted my hands. 
begin to cry. It was it was a humble experience because I can I can tell you I can show you the place now where it happened at. But I can truly say my life has never, ever, ever been the same again. Have I had down times? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There have been times I just say, Where are you, God? Oh yeah. But where I felt him was back out the altar. When I got back down to the altar, you see, like I said, the altar's not necessarily right here. It's not. You see, we've got away from the altars in our home. You see, I love my I love my little iPad here, big iPad, whatever, iPhones. And that can't be my altar. That can't be my altar. Siri, they can Google. They seem to know about everything. You ask them. They don't know the spiritual state I'm in, though. They don't know the needs of someone else. And and they sure enough can't read my mind. (laughs) So it's at the altar. You see, I've got not necessarily stones, not necessarily wood shaping into an altar at my home. But I promise you, my couch has been my altar. My recliner's been my altar. My bedside's been my altar. Many times, many times in my truck has been my altar. But today is a day to take advantage because there's an altar here. There is an altar here where God can move in your life, where God can change you from the person you are to a new creature. You see, Acts 2 and 1 says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. We could all quote this. And when it filled the house where they were sitting, 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 they were sitting at the altar, waiting, waiting for a move. But that was their altar. And there unto, appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit of God gave utterance. Let's all stand. The best thing about an altar is that it's available all the time. The altar is here right now. The time has come to find God now. If you remember what my title was, if you'll read it with me, A Place 
of no altars. You see, we're going to face a time. We are going to face a time. There's going to be no altars. Hell has no place to repent. To start over again. To get right. To find grace. Or to find mercy. Oh, in hell, everyone will pray. And everyone will ask for it. Mercy. But there will be no altars. I wonder today, those indifferent with God, not to showboat anybody, but I think it would be good if we all came to an altar. This altar is open. God is in this house. God is going to move in your life if you would come today. If you need the Holy Ghost in this house, I I ask that you would just lift your hands and begin to thank him for the very spirit that you feel in this place. If you need a touch in your body, he is here to touch your body. But let's just lift our voices and come to this altar. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you today. We worship you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for this altar today, Lord. We thank you, God, for your presence, oh, God. You are worthy, God, to be praised, God. My God, there is none like you, Lord. God, I thank you for one more day, God, to be able to worship and lift up your name, God. God, right now, I worship you, Lord. Oh, God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.